Nothing gives our speaker greater pleasure than to prepare these wonderful talks and share wonderful ideas and lead us all to that higher place in consciousness. So today, Dr. Reverend Patrick Cameron. Good morning. I have discovered the secret to life in Edmonton. It's a warm cup of something in your hands and wool socks. Even when it's plus one. I just, as I get older, I just don't like my feet being cold. Just, I don't know what that is. Maybe I never liked my feet being cold, but now I'm aware of it. Anyway, I set this down over here. I'm going to invite you to Join me in a, in a prayer, and if you'd like to sing, we'll sing in this very room, which is a, a song that you, I should do a talk on where that song comes from. But anyway, we sing in this very room, and that's become part of our tradition. And should I change it, I know I will hear about it, so we're going to sing in this very room. For those of you that love it, fantastic, and for those of you that don't, it'll be over shortly. So uh, anyway... Um, if you'd like to stand with me and sing, please feel free. And if not, please stay seated. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy. For all the world And there's quite enough love And quite enough power To walk through our every fear For spirit One spirit Is in this very In this very room In this very room So I invite you to know with me in this moment One life, perfect life, God's life My life, our life And in that recognition in that claiming that life is my own, I open myself in ways that I don't quite understand at times. But I do know that there's a spaciousness there and there's a peace and there's an openness, a receptivity, a conversation that is unlike any other. And so as I stand on that with you, I know that we capture the vibration of that individually and collectively. And this sacred space becomes even more complete, more whole, And so I just give thanks. I give thanks for all the awarenesses that arise for us this day. I give thanks for this beautiful movement, this teaching of the perennial truth that we carry forward. We we carry the baton of perennial wisdom forward in our own lives and in the lives of the world. We are the ones that know that this life is beautiful and wonderful as it stands, standing in in the, the joy and celebration of this moment, complete in every way fulfilled and yet welcoming more 
For this I give thanks, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you, Jenny. Jenny's, Jenny Ty. Thank you, Jenny. Did everyone get a, a, a tile when they came in? If, if you didn't, let us know. We'll make sure you get one. We're doing our white stone ceremony, so this is our white stone ceremony. <clears throat> the, the white stone cobblers at the Home Depot have been making this all, these all week for us. So. <laughs> it's with great gratitude I want to acknowledge their good efforts. Uh, but we're, you know, we're at the end of January. We're starting a new year, and we've been having the discussion about what three things do we want to accomplish this year. And uh, uh, it's easy to kind of just jump to an idea. And I think sometimes it's, it's important to marinate in the question and to just see what's alive for us. And what's, because all of us are at different points in our own evolution and our own blossoming of consciousness. And so the white stone ceremony, I went online. I was going to Google white stone ceremony because I like to kind of read other ideas and kind of prime the pump for my own thinking. And I was the first hit that I got from last year's white stone ceremony, so I guess I am somewhat of an authority now, which was really distressing when I'm looking for inspiration. <laughs> I better inspire myself. But it, this is a good thing. I mean, it, I thought, wow, how precious, what an opportunity. It really comes home to me about how um, impactful what we do is that, that you can go online and actually someone said that uh, Reverend Connie told me that she was the talk came up on iTunes one of her, her, her talk was so our talks are on iTunes and they're on our podcast which really is man that's a lot of pressure so I don't know if I want to say anything more than that I say we just go home and listen to the podcast from last year there we go oh you guys are great so um one of the wonderful books that um, uh, we're in the process of reading at our library at home, because it is a library, is a book called uh, Slow Thinking and Fast Thinking. And there are two facets of the brain, how the brain works. And, uh, and one of the, the portals to uh, intuition is that when we listen, we smile. Isn't it interesting? We tap into a different form of, of thinking when we smile. And we, when we nod our heads, try nodding your head like this. Because... Usually, I, everybody's nodding and smiling, but some are going, mm -mm, mm -mm. But I just thought, isn't that interesting how, you know, sometimes our thinking will guide us, but sometimes our, our physical behavior opens the doors. Is that a cell phone? Uh, I'm glad I was not the only one hearing that. I watched a program the other day, and I thought, what a great metaphor for spirit. Because our teaching, we teach uh, the metaphysical principles that, that there's so much life that is beneath the conscious levels of thought. And as I mentioned a moment ago, around the idea of, of this idea of, of smiling, it opens the portals to the intuition. And this woman has been studying elephants in Africa for years and years and years and years. Uh, I think she's been there 20 years, but what she's found is they've been recording and they've been documenting the vocabulary. But what they realize when they play the recordings back faster, three times faster than is normally recorded in, 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 uh, in the time that we're familiar with, you can hear all the conversations beneath it. And I thought, what, an, what a metaphor for spirit. You know, spiritual practice slowing down allows us to tap into that 
that conversation. You know, when Reverend Connie was talking in the announcements about practitioner work, I, I did some practitioner work with some people this week. And I was driving along, and I started, what happens when we do that? Because it's very hard to describe. Um, it's, it is a, it, it, there's a, a piece of the intellect that's involved, but there's a portal that you step through in that, that sacred uh, agreement. And it's just very interesting because it's very difficult for me to articulate it or track it, and yet it's very profoundly uh, rich and deep. And I think that's our movement. You know, our movement is that we, we live and, ha- and move and have our being in this uh, dominion, and yet the more that we can dip into that other, that other reservoir of vibration, that other conversation through spiritual practice, whether it's walking the labyrinth or it's a quiet meditation or it's uh, affirmative prayer, um, and sometimes it's our, you know, it's through a song. I mentioned that the first service, Stefan's song was a meditation. So all those, I think, are portals that, that, and indicators that take us to, to a different frequency. And, I, and, there, and it's, so it's a wonderful thing. And we're doing this year, we did it, as I mentioned last year, the White Stone Ceremony. And we don't have a lot of big rituals. In fact, some people, don't, some people have, have ritual wounds. So we don't do a lot of rituals. I was raised in a tradition with a lot of rituals that you know, never really meant a whole lot to me, but I went along with them because I didn't have a choice. Um, but, but I think when we have touchstones in our lives that, that are significant, uh, it's, imp- it's, it's profound and it's a way of reminding ourselves and bringing us back, dipping into that well of consciousness. And so each has a, we each have a stone today. And I'm going to invite you to hold your stone while we have the conversation today. Because it'll capture it when we when we when it's, when it's in close proximity to us, we, it captures our vibration, and, and there's no nothing magical or, or unique about this stone other than the, the the intent we give it. But our intent it helps us clarify. It helps us clarify. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about, or I've been talking about, what three things do you want to accomplish this year? What three things are important to you to get to get done? And, and three is a good number. If we can do three things, you know, significant things in a year, it's, I think we're doing really, really well. And Laura and I have taken that into our own lives and said, okay, these are the three things we want to accomplish financially this year. These are the three things that we're doing creatively this year. And so we're still in that conversation. Some of it we're really clear about and some of it's still coming forward. So this white stone is not an opportunity to put more stress in your life that you've got to come up with an idea today. But your idea might be ripe to... to Write down on it what the significance of it is. Last year, Laura and I both wrote down the same word, unbeknownst to one another. And then we put them in a place of prominence and it reminds us. This is our clean slate. The white stone comes from antiquity. Actually comes, the, the Romans, when you were released from prison, were given a, a white stone. And the white stone rep- represented that clean slate. And they carried the white stone with them wherever they went. It also uh, reestablished them in, to have all the rights that a Roman citizen was entitled to because they'd, they'd paid their debt. There's a wonderful qu- quote by uh, Patanjali. He's a Hindu teacher, and this goes back to, uh, to antiquity. And I think what I'd like to do today is share some ideas that help guide us in, into a bigger idea of possibility around what our lives stand for. Because... It, it, all that has gone before us has helped guide us to this point. But we're not stuck in it. 
Patton Jolly said this, that when you, you, when you are inspired by some great purpose, some extraordinary project, all your thoughts break their bonds. When you are inspired by some great purpose, some extraordinary project, all your thoughts break their bonds. Your mind transcends limitation. Your consciousness expands in every direction. And you find yourself in a new, great, and wonderful world. Dormant forces, faculties, and talents become alive, and you discover yourself to be a greater person by far than you ever dreamed yourself to be. So he's speaking the essence of what we stand for as a, a community, that we're all on a journey and as a tradition and as a teaching. We're all on this journey. We're all at certain points. We, start, we didn't all start together, and we're not going to all finish together in terms of that finite period of time we would call a lifetime. But yet it's our opportunity along the way to continue to wake up and stay awake. Now, one of my favorite quotes is by um, George Bernard Shaw, and he said that, that um, many people choose to think two or three times in a lifetime. He said, I've become internationally renowned and known for choosing to, to think two or three times a week. Because we don't want to confuse thinking with mental repetition. For many people, that's thinking, the same thoughts over and over again. We are new thought. Not that we have any new thoughts to share with the world, but, be, but what's the new thought that's applicable to us? So what I want to encourage all of us, myself included, is what is, what is seeking birth? What is seeking expression in our lives? This year I sent a survey out and I asked people in our, uh, in, that, were, that hold positions of leadership in this community, what are the three things you'd like to get done within this ministry? I'm gonna, one of the speakers in New Orleans next week, at our, or in two weeks, at our, uh, our conference, our leadership conference. And in my, in my uh, sharing, I want to ask us as an organization, what are the three things that we want to accomplish this year as a movement? We've, we've done this reintegration. We've come back together. We've joined forces. We've joined resources. It's time to set sail in a new direction. And so I'm excited, and it's one of the reasons that I put my name forward. Good morning, ladies. I love those pants, by the way. I saw them go by earlier. I said, I've got to get up. Come on up here. Come on up here. Come on, come on. I thought, how would I look in a pair of these one Sunday? Well, if you were here for the first time and you saw me in a pair of those, what would you say? Thank you, sweetheart. I didn't mean to. Thank you, girls. Good to see you. I love them. I want to talk to your um, designer. Anyway. But at the, at the New Orleans conference, I think it's important. It's us, what do we want to do? You know, it's easy to fall into the trap. I believe this has been my experience, but I, I've watched it over and over. It's easy to fall into the trap of, of um, the, the analysis of paralysis and to have the experience and to continue to have the experience and to dip into that well, but not move, not much momentum beyond that. And that's okay because a lot of people show up and they're just worn out. They just want to bask in the glow of connecting with spirit. But Dr. Holmes talks extensively about, about uh, realization without application as hallucination. And so as a movement, how do we, how do we, uh, we're, a, we're, a, we're a teaching that talks about, and, the, and what I see happening is, is, uh, is clarity. One of the processes through the co-creation is clarity. Is everybody clear? We're all in the conversation. Does everybody understand what we're talking about? And then consensus, do we all agree about this idea? And if we don't, then we wait, or we, we, we massage it some more. And then once we reach that, do we, are we in consensus? This is very powerful. We come together. 
Here we are teaching the stands for that. And then if you watch the discourse, especially with the election going on in the United States, um, there's, a, there's been a shift in information. There's a, a shift in focus. How can we be part of that conversation so everyone has, has equal access and equal influence? And it may not ever be a perfect world, but this is one of the things we stand for as a movement. So how do we do that? What, and what things are we going to do that are going to help uh, support that? And I don't know what they are, but I think it's really interesting and exciting to be part of that. And we are, we are beginning new as an organization. We are beginning new as a, a, a community this year. So I asked people for input on, uh, and I have our strategic plan that we're, it's, an, it's a, a live document. But we're, we, we decided we want to sponsor some special events because it's wonderful to get together and, and spend time together and have meaningful, meaningful interaction. On Friday night, I want to thank Jason Schreifel and, uh, and, and Dr. John um, He's only been on the board for four years, so I'll think of it in a moment. Dixon. Dixon. I'm telling you, when I'm up here, it's a little different. It's, I'm in a different mind. So, I, I, so anyway, John Dixon and Elizabeth Manuel really uh, helped bring together this, uh, this provocative conversations. And it was wonderful. The lady that presented, just, just a wonderful, wise lady. And she was speaking about dreams, the importance of dreams. And, uh, and so, you know, wonderful insight into that and if there's valuable information. So the special events, we want to do our, our gala in some form this year. Again, we're going to do our Spirit in the Park, which was a wonderful event to celebrate and bring a different consciousness to that event of, the, of 9-11. We want to do uh, um, our, our speaker series, which we're doing. We want to have our divine dining. We've got music concerts. I got a call from Wayne Lee's assistant the other day, and Wayne would like to do another event here with us. It was wonderful. And I thought, we thought, well, this year maybe Wayne's, you know, we weren't on, you know, we don't want to wear the guy out. And we felt a little bit of, oh, geez, should we ask Wayne again? Because he's so generous with us. And then he calls and says, hey, I want to do this event. I'm like, oh, okay. But I think when we write these things down, it gives the infinite an idea what we're really interested in. Otherwise, they're just ideas that float across. When we write our, our word down on here and we have things that are important to us. Last week, I talked about Julia Cameron's The Prosperous Heart. The first practice was three pages a day of stream of consciousness writing. The people that have done it, there have been several people in our community that have done it. And they come up to you and go, wow, what a wonderful practice. Thanks for reminding me. I used to do it or whatever. We forget. We all forget. I just forgot John Dixon's name. I mean, look at me. But we forget at times. We can get so busy with... With life, and so the practices that bring us back to present moment. This week, her second practice with the, the three pages of, of stream of consciousness writing, which is really clarifying, really clarifying, um, is counting. Just having a little notebook and taking it whenever you buy something, write it down. You buy a coffee, second cup, write it down. Counting. Just known, simple, simple practices. This stuff isn't rocket science, but it's simple practices. And so the three things that we want to do around uh, spiritual principles of circulation, we've got ideas around that of what we're doing as a community. What we'd like to see happen. We want to continue to be a generous community, tithe to the organization so that this conversation and so that the resources are there to help give some fuel to the things that we can stand for as a movement. You know, I always sit, my, my uh, question to many people in this movement is if you got pulled over by the police on the way home and accused of being a member of the Center for Spiritual Living, would there be enough evidence to convict you? 
Who? I don't know those guys. No, no, no. Aren't you doing affirmative prayer? Oh, no, not me. No, no. I've been doing the rosary for years and still love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's a, there's a lot of things here that, we've from, that have come from volunteers, have come from our youth, and come from different... And it's still alive. It's still open. We want to continue to fill... But if we write them down and we set an intention, are we clear why we're doing these things? Are we in consensus? And are we, are we committed? It's a practice. So are you clear about what it is that your life stands for? And are you in consensus with yourself? And are you committed? Martin Luther King said the tools to advocacy. I think we have to be spiritual advocates. I'm excited about being able to share this in in New Orleans because I think this is really alive. And when I went to New New York a while, a few months ago, and I sat in that play with uh, Oprah and watched... uh, the mountaintop with Samuel L. Jackson and Angela Bassett. I started reading about Dr. King and, he, and his tools of advocacy, of change, were number one is um, agitation. Agitation, the next step is litigation, then legislation, then education, and finally, innovation. And I love those. So personally, we've got to get agitated. This isn't working for me anymore. This is unacceptable. It doesn't mean I'm stuck in this. That divine discontent is the thing that moves us into a new possibility. But it starts with agitation. Dr. Holmes called it divine discontent. What's true for Martin Luther King is true for us. This doesn't, this doesn't represent me. And then where can I put my energies and efforts into something that's productive? Rather than trying to defeat someone else, defeating someone else and making someone else wrong is really a hollow victory. And it's not very productive. Let them have their opinion. Let them have their way of being, and let's move forward in a way that's powerful and wonderful. Education, litigation. We need to, to, to start having the conversation within us to dismantle those beliefs, those old ideas that no longer work for us. So you have your stone today. I have some paper here. I didn't have time at the first one. Don't tell the guys that were at the first service I did this because I didn't have time. But I have this flash paper so, you know, I was going to hand it out to all of you, but this stuff's getting really expensive. That's like $1,000 for the flash paper in my hands right now. Not really. But. but let this represent what it is, the, the, the prejudice, the litigation that you have against others in the world, whatever it may be. Let this flash paper represent that. And as it says in, in Scripture, it is gone in the twinkling of an eye. So I'm going to light it. See? Gone. That's Everything we hold against another person. Let's clear the space for that right now. You can pick it up when you go out the door, but you won't be able to pick it up the same way. And then the prejudice that you have against yourself. The things, all the things that nobody knows about you, those horrible, terrible things. I got news for you. I've been doing this for over 20 years. They never go away. I thought when I got to this teaching that one day I would, I would not think of myself in, in disparaging ways, they never go away. But what they do is I have the awareness when they come up to say, nope, not here and not right now. And if I'm too tired and I'm around other people, then I have to say, I got to go home and take a nap. I have to put myself in time out. And most of the time I'm really good at that. But they never go away. But we manage them. Our disappointments, our discontent, our, our opinions about ourselves. But what we can to do is to have a daily practice of forgiveness. So this piece of paper, this flash paper, 
I'd like to invite you, for myself as well as you, to represent putting those opinions down, letting them dissipate, eradicate, that they no longer, what I know is they no longer have influence in my experience. And I know that. But the conversation still comes up. It's like, aren't we done? More of this? There we go. It's gone. Doesn't that feel good? If we'd known, look at that, if we'd known that that's all it took, we'd be burning paper here months ago. (laughs) And then this one is just just for the unknown, the mystery. This is the mystery. See, I think when we are spiritually awake, we have to be willing to stand in the paradox and the mystery of the unknown. It's not having all the answers. It's just saying, I don't know, but something within me does know. And I will know the right decisions at the right times, and I trust that. And I, ha- I live and move and have my being. So let's clear away that. The mystery and the unknown and the, and, the, and the things, perhaps the forgiveness for self or others that we're not even aware of, trusting that process. So something within us does know. And handing it off. Let's hand that off too. There we go. <clears throat> so we've cleared. We've, we've created some space. For our stone. So I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. And hold your stone in your hands. What I know in this moment is there is something. There is a divine intelligence and a wisdom seeking expression in and through and as me as you and I go there I go there with a smile on my face I tap into divine intuition to the peace and the love and the buoyancy of spirit in this moment that divine state of grace and I hear that still small voice I I hear that holy presence in my life I tap into that conversation right here right now It is love beyond measure. It is peace that passeth all understanding. And so what I know is the right and perfect thing for me in this moment to be aware of, guided, I say yes to life. I say yes to the new idea that allows me to move in the direction of my highest calling. I'm guided. What word this year in 2012 do I put upon this clean slate? And I breathe in this moment, fully present in this moment with one another, knowing that that divine intelligence everywhere present refines and clarifies itself in my awareness, providing me the guidance and the insight to answer that call. And whatever that word is, whether it be now that I know it or it is still formulating itself, still clearing the field of consciousness so that that may come forward in my life, I know it is powerful. I need not know how it will be accomplished. I simply identify what the quality is, what the nature is, what the name is, and it may not make sense to me now, but I trust it, and I continue to clear away anything that distracts me. 
And so what I know is that for myself and for everyone that is in a, in a yes with this idea, that that powerful, wonderful, rich, juicy, new possibility finds its way to me and I wait upon it if it is not clear yet. And if it's here now, I write it down and I remind myself and I work with this idea. This is a community of extraordinary, creative, powerful, wonderful people. And in fulfilling wherever we are on our, on our journey and fulfilling that and gaining a sense of connection with who we are and whose we are, necessary and right and perfect, it allows us to then give that away. We cannot give away what we don't own. So let us own ourselves completely and fully. The egoic self and all of the things involved with that to be grounded in a sense of self and connection that is powerful and wonderful so that we may surrender that and give that away. And then our perspective shifts and changes and we are called forward in a way that is powerful and wonderful. And then we become vehicles and conveyances of gifts and skills and talents on the planet like never seen before, of generosity, of talents and insight and wisdom, a community of spiritually committed individuals alive and awake by the possibilities of transformation and transcendence in their own lives. Powerful and wonderful, beautiful, loving, generous. A community of elders living from wisdom, living in the mystery and the paradox Understanding that our group is not the only group, that our group doesn't have to be right, that our group just simply has to stay awake. Don't go back to sleep. Stay awake with me, as Jesus said to his disciples in the garden. Stay awake with me, and I will stay awake with you because I love you. You are precious to me, and I love your light. You inspire me. Well, thank you for that. So let us be called to this large and wonderful vision and let's ask for the help that we need. Let's ask one another for the assistance. Our three things, whatever they are, have to be bigger than us, have to require the help of others. And so I know the right and perfect word lands on your clean slate this year. And the resources, the people, the time and the talent, the energy show up as well. And for this, I give thanks. Together we say, knowing it is already done in the mind of the one. And so it is.